Hello and welcome to the Awakening the Sleeping Giant podcast, a ministry of the exchange where we are improving church effectiveness through healthy church and ministry assessments, mission trip planning, and workshops on evangelism, discipleship, church structure, and strategic planning. You can find more about our ministry, the exchange, at www. Dot made the exchange.com. You can also email me at be the church.go at gmail.com. You can email me for uh, questions or if you would like to be on the show, uh, you can email me as well and we will schedule a time to do a recording. All right. Well, I am excited for this episode, so let's get started. We're going to be looking at John chapter 6. But first, I want to share with you, I'm super excited because we are going to be recording an episode of Awakening the Sleeping Giant this week with Larry Cleveringa. He is from the band Broken Chains, and he will be actually singing and sharing his testimony at the Come and Hear, the weekend of evangelism event that we are putting on July 7th through 9th in Allegan, Michigan. So super stoked uh, about that podcast. He will probably share a little bit of his story. uh, And then we're going to be talking about uh, some things that he has experienced within the church. So super excited about that. Let's get into it for today. Uh, Let's look at John chapter 6. If you guys have your Bibles, it'd be cool. Turn there. If not, totally get it. Uh, This is a podcast, so you're probably driving or somewhere where there's not access to a Bible. But uh, I am going to be reading John 6, uh, 53 through 65, I think. So it says, Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna and died, but he who feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. On hearing this, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? What if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit, and they are life. Yet there are some of you who do not, do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Do you want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, what, I, what I'm not going to do, I'm not going to like dig into this scripture and teach what it's all about. I, I want to point something out that has always stuck out with me with this message that Jesus preached. And I, I want to talk about it because it has to do with the church. So you have to know the context here. Jesus was speaking to thousands of people here. 
Um, this was a large event. People were coming to hear Jesus speak and they wanted to hear Jesus talk. So Jesus had every opportunity in this moment to preach a really easy message, uh, to preach a message that would be attractive to people, to preach a message that would end up leading thousands of people to him. But that's not what Jesus did. Jesus actually did two things. First, he chose to teach on one of the most obscure teachings that he ever taught. You know, he says, you know, eat my uh, flesh and drink my blood. Like that was just super obscure. Nobody knew what he was talking about, right? As far as they were concerned, he was talking about cannibalism and they're like, what in the world is going on here? And not only did he teach a really hard teaching, he didn't even explain himself. He, he didn't explain himself. He had every opportunity to, but he didn't. And, and his disciples were like confused. They were like, well, this is a hard teaching. Who, who can follow this? And, and Jesus's point was, is that nobody can come to the father unless the father enables him. And he does that through the Holy Spirit. So I want to look at this in the context of the church. How often do we see churches gather and teach difficult messages? Not very often. And if they do, there definitely isn't any accountability or expectation of obeying that, right? Most of the time, large crowds gather to churches because they like the music, you know, or whatever. But Jesus taught the hardest message and most of the people left. So I think we need to be asking ourselves the question of when we gather large groups of people, what is our expectation? Are we expecting a ton of people to come to Jesus? And if so, why are they coming to Jesus? Are we actually teaching the full gospel? Are we actually teaching the forgiveness of sins through the death and resurrection of Jesus plus everything else Jesus teaches? Or are we just teaching the the nice fluffy stuff? You know, we're, we're holding come in here a weekend of evangelism event this coming July, and it's going to be three days of evangelism. We are going to be having some different bands come in and play some music, but the the main goal is preaching the gospel. But we are not going to be preaching the gospel to get thousands of people to come to Jesus. Now, that would be fantastic, but we are not preaching a message that says, you know, come and have your sins forgiven and everything will be great. No, we are teaching the truth of the gospel. We are teaching the forgiveness of sins. Absolutely. We are teaching eternal life, but we are also teaching the expectation that Jesus has on those that choose to follow him of going out and making disciples, of going out and, and repenting, which means realizing that you're God's and your life is to be dedicated to serving God. And whatever the Lord asks of you, you do because you've chosen to dedicate your life to him. It's a complete change of life. We are teaching being born again, which the Bible teaches us is becoming a completely new person. We can no longer walk in the ways that we used to. We have got to change. We have got to eat the flesh and drink the blood of Christ, which is communion. That's what he's talking about. It's it's coming together as the body and fellowshipping together over communion. But it's a, it's a dedication of our life 
to God. It's letting go of ourselves. It's letting go of our desires and our wants and our needs and saying, Lord, what do you want? What do you need me to do? How can I serve you to bring you the most glory? That is the gospel. Yes, there's great things that come along with it. The Bible makes it very, very clear that when we choose to follow Jesus, And when we choose to repent and serve him, man, we are blessed beyond measure and we are full of joy and and we are full of all of this wonderful stuff. But that doesn't mean our life is going to be perfect. It doesn't mean everything is going to be great. It doesn't mean we're going to be happy all the time, right? It, It means that because we have Jesus, we can get through all circumstances because our identity comes through Christ, not ourselves or the circumstance. That's the gospel we are going to be preaching. I mean, I mean, of course, my hope is, is that, you know, we see a lot of people come to faith in Jesus Christ, but we're, we're not holding this event just to see people come to Jesus. We're holding this event to see people come to Jesus and choose to follow him and see radical life change. If we want to see revival, if we want to see this nation change through revival, it has to be more than worship and prayer. It has to be more than evangelism. It has to be people choosing to follow Jesus and changing their lives so radically that those around them recognize a difference and want to change too. That is revival. That is what we are striving for. We are striving to see a radical awakening of the church, to see a radical revival of people coming to know the Lord, changing their lives to serve him, and discipling other people to do the same. And I'm afraid that's not what most churches are focused on because it is very, very hard, right? The Bible actually teaches us that you know, the gate to righteousness is extremely narrow. No, that does not mean the gate to salvation is narrow, right? It says the gate to righteousness is narrow. It's very difficult to get people to understand what to understand what repentance is and to truly dedicate themselves to the Lord. But that is the purpose of the come and here a weekend of evangelism that we are holding in July. That's the whole purpose behind it. So I want to ask ask you guys if you are part of a traditional church, if you're part of a regular church, what type of fruit are you seeing from your large gatherings? Are you actually seeing disciples being made? Are you actually seeing lives being changed, communities being changed for Jesus, for the glory of God? I'm going to have to say most of you will probably have to say no. You might say yes because you don't want to say no. But if we look at society around us, it is crumbling. And so I think a lot of us might have a misunderstanding of what the church is actually supposed to be doing and the impact we're actually supposed to be having on community. We are supposed to be having an impact on community that brings God glory and the communities look more and more like a Christian community. And that is definitely not the case. And if we are only focused on preaching the soft stuff so people will come and listen, we don't understand what we are called to do. You know, I I like to look at Jesus as the perfect example of how we are supposed to walk out ministry. You know, obviously we're not going to 
be able to walk it out perfectly but everything he did was perfect and so we should try to emulate the ministry that he did and i do not see you know the traditional church structure in scripture i do not see the traditional church structure something jesus taught or expected right i see jesus expectation of christians is sharing the gospel being the church together and making disciples that's what i see and everything else that develops throughout the new testament after Jesus's ascension is all a result of disciples being made, a result of the gospel being preached, not a result of people coming to a church or not even a result of people accepting Jesus because it's farther than that. It's accepting Jesus, becoming part of the church, repenting, and then serving the Lord and making disciples. And that needs to be our absolute goal. And there are going to be a lot of people who aren't willing to do it. There are going to be a lot of people who would rather just turn around and leave Jesus. And Jesus makes it very clear. He even looks at his 12, the committed 12. And he says, well, you are you guys going to leave too? Because this isn't easy. I don't expect you to teach easy messages. I don't expect you to teach what everybody wants to hear. I expect you to teach what everybody needs to hear and not everybody's going to like it. And that is very difficult for a lot of us to understand. And it's, not, it's difficult for a lot of us to walk in. And I just want to encourage you, as you are continuing to listen to these podcasts and, you know, as you're listening to other podcasts and reading the word and, you know, going to church and, and your Bible studies or whatever else you do, ask yourself why you're doing it. Why are you doing it? What is your goal? Is your goal personal growth? It's not that that's a bad thing, but if that's your goal, then you can you can grow elsewhere. Is your is your goal getting people to come to your church? Is your goal growing numbers? Is your goal looking like a good Christian? Or is your goal bringing God glory through whatever he asked you to do? Is your goal making disciples? Is your goal baptizing believers? Is your goal teaching people to obey what Jesus taught? Those need to be our goals. And if those are not our goals for why we are involved in ministry, for why we are involved in the church, then it's all for naught. We need to make sure that our heart is in the right place and we're in ministry for the right reason. We got to make sure that we became Christians for the right reason. If you became a Christian so you could be saved and not go to hell, you're saved. But that's not why we become believers. We become believers so we can be saved, spend eternal life with Christ, and minister so God gets the glory from it all. That is our goal. That's our purpose. That's why we exist. We exist to bring God glory. The church exists to bring God glory glory. And so next time you are part of something where you are gathering a lot of people together, listen to the message being preached. Listen to the events taking place. Listen to what is going on. Has that event been put together to draw more people into the church? Or has that event been put together to preach the truth of the gospel regardless of of who comes or who goes, because that is going to tell you where the heart of your local church is. 
that is going to tell you whether you should continue fellowshipping with that group or not, or whether you should speak into that group, whether you should talk to the leaders of that group. Because if our goal is just to do things so people come, that's not the purpose. That's not why we gather people together. That's not why Jesus did it. And that's not why we should do it. We need to be preaching the truth. There's too much preaching going on. And and I'm not just talking about from a church pulpit. I'm talking about from Facebook, Instagram, Christians all over the place. It's great stuff and it's absolutely true. But the hard stuff isn't being taught. The hard stuff that Jesus preached is not being taught. The, the, the message, you know, where Jesus says, many of you think I came to bring peace, but I came with a sword. That message is not being taught. The message out of 1 John that says if anybody loves Christ, he must live like him is not being taught. The message that repentance is necessary is not being taught. It might be verbalized, but it's not being taught because there's no expectation of actual repentance. The message that homosexuality is not okay in the church is not being taught. The qualifications for elders in the church is not being taught. We, we think we live in this modern day age and clear things in scripture are, are no longer because we live in this modern society. That There's nowhere that the Bible teaches anything like that. There's nowhere in the Bible that teaches that what is taught in Scripture changes with modern society. Nowhere. And, and, and one of these days, I'm going to be talking about elders and, and what a church elder looks like. What are the qualifications? And it's probably going to touch some buttons because there's been a lot of people that have not taught that. They've been functioning outside of that. And that has caused a lot of people to misunderstand what that scripture actually means. But it's absolutely necessary if we are going to have a church that reflects the church we see in scripture. And so we have to make sure we are teaching truth, guys. We have not. Okay, I want. I actually want to rephrase that. We, we need to make sure we are teaching all of the truth, not just the parts that people like. And that's my absolute point with this scripture is Jesus had the opportunity in John 6 to preach a come and have your sins forgiven and all will be good message. He had the opportunity to do that and he didn't. He taught the hard stuff. And at that time, and if you don't think that God uses symbolism in John 6 verse 66, it says, at that time, many of the disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Are we willing to preach a message that actually causes people who were following Jesus to turn away because they accepted a Jesus that is not the biblical Jesus? Thank you so much for listening to Awakening the Sleeping Giant. For more information about our ministry and this podcast, you can go to our website at www.madetheexchange.com. You can find us on Instagram at theexchange underscore go. You can also find my book, Awakening the Sleeping Giant, Church Rediscovered, on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Thank you.